Hello, hello everyone. I'm Steve Wiss. I'm joined by Jonathan Fadukba and this is the Nordic Football Podcast. So uh, I'm delighted to welcome Jonathan on board. How's things today, my friend? Hi Steve, long time no here. Hope you're doing well and I'm happy to be back on the pod for a, an addition today. Uh, how have you been? You know, I've been all right, up and down, here and there. So uh, I thought it was about time we uh, got back on to uh, do a few episodes. And uh, we're in the business end of the, the season now in uh, in Norway and Sweden. So, you know, let's just talk about some of the big major headlines at the moment. And I think in Sweden, we're, we're quite close to a champion, aren't we? We are indeed. It's been a, The season's been progressing and it looks like AIK are going to take the gold this season uh, it's been a well quite an up and down title race really compared to previous years where <clears throat> by this time Malmo would normally have ran away with it but uh, it's not happened this season in the same way AIK are closing in now on a, on a league championship they've um, been very very consistent over the over the months and it looks like they've seen off Hammerby and really their only contender now with four games remaining Seems to be North Shopping. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been a really good time for AIK fans. Uh, built on the momentum of last season and they've uh, looked to be closing in on a league title. Yeah, not far away now for them. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's in the bag, but uh, it doesn't look too far away. Um, but things are much closer in Norway um, as a result of brands come from behind victory against Starbeck on Sunday. Um, there's just two points separating Rosenborg and Brand right now. And the two teams face each other in Brand in the next round so what an absolute pivotal match you can call it a championship decider whatever you want but it sets things up really nicely um, you know just a two-point gap and it's uh, it's game on again yeah and there was quite a big game in Norway wasn't there this weekend you've been telling me about yeah this let's say Starbeck Brand and I've got to say it was one of them really captivating fixtures um, it's just, um, I mean, it was a hell of a game, really. First half, Starbeck could have been 2 3 nil up. They missed a penalty in the first five minutes. Uh, Frank Bolly skied one miles over the bar. And then there was a host of chances uh, they missed. And you think, is it going to cost them? Is it going to cost them? But it looked like it wasn't going to because at the start of the second half, Frank Bolly finally did score. Um, a man that's been on an absolute fire in the second half of the season. I need to talk about him at some point in this episode. But. Uh, you know, Starbuck take the lead and then it's just like it woke Bran up. They've been nowhere in the game since then, but they, as soon as they fell behind, they were like an animal possessed. And um, I've got to give them credit. They just came back and, you know, they, they pressurised them constantly and they should have got themselves, they got themselves an equaliser quickly, which helped. And then they were pushing and pushing and pushing for the, for the winner. They knew they had to win the game and they finally got one with about 10 minutes to go. But it was a really enthralling fixture. It's one of those that you couldn't keep your eye off, you know. It was um, end-to-end at times. And, uh, you know, from a neutral point of view, you know, I was I was pleased to see Brand win the game and, and get this title race really close. I saw that the winner was a late sort of a 77th-minute goal from, was it, I believe, Daryl Bamba? Yeah, they signed him from Christiansen midway through the season. And, you know, he does offer them a, a bit more in, in, in attack than some of the other, other options earlier in the season, like Skalovic. And it was a, it was a, not a tapping, but it was a pretty easy finish. Um, you know, they were at that point they were really pushing for the for the winner, and they had to to do it. So yeah, for me, that was the real standout game of the weekend. You know, but, I mean, all, that's, that's just talking about the brand perspective. It was a massive defeat for Starbeck as well because 
they are three points adrift of um, the nearest safe position. If they'd won that game, as at one point looked like they were going to win it, then they would have been out of the relegation zone near, nearly. So you're pivotal at both ends of the table. It was a real standout game of the weekend in Norway. I mean, for you in Sweden, was there a big one this weekend? There was an, indeed. Well, to be honest, there wasn't really. I mean, Eurogard and AIK was the main game. Uh, and it, to be honest, it fizzled fizzled out into a nil-nil. It was quite a dull, dull spectacle, really, uh, on the pitch. Uh, didn't really live up to maybe some of the hype. I think Eurogarden have kind of fallen away now. Um, some listeners might be surprised to hear that they're actually in eighth place now, which, which is a real dip for them. They looked earlier in the season as if they might challenge for the title. But uh, no, the cup win is, 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 is as good as it will get for them this year. They're now eighth, as I've mentioned. And the game really didn't uh, offer too much. But the only thing that's really done is given a glimmer of a limelight maybe to Noor Shopping, who are now six points behind. Um, to be fair, it looks as if it's going to be too late for them with four games to go. But Hammerby are nine points behind AOK now. And they're kind of, it looks like they're, they're toast. Malmo 11 points behind. Uh, so really, the draw there, just dropping two points. They're just, instead of it being six, you know, eight points, it's now six points. So Eurogarden maybe have just sort of thrown a banana skin in the uh, in the uh, track there, Mario Kart style for ARK. But really, it looks like they are closing in the title. Then, and, and let's be honest: I mean, if No Shopping catch them, it will be fantastic for for them. But uh, ARK have really led the way from from day one, to be honest, in in, in what they've been doing, uh, catching Hammerby and and just speeding away ahead of them. When we talked pre-season about the big strength of ARK is that defence which is so watertight, and it's proven to be that way. They've only conceded 14 goals in uh, in 26 games. And, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty obvious statistic, but, I mean, it still takes some doing. What really has been the key? Has it been recruitment? Has it been tactics to get them that watertight? Yeah, it's just, um, I mean, I think there are three sort of key reasons for AIK's rise, um, if I'm honest. I mean, if you were to identify it, let, let's be clear, they haven't won a title yet. Uh, still got four games to go, but um, they have been since overtaking Hammerby in the last sort of two, three months, uh, beating them as well uh, in a key game about three, four weeks ago. They've they've sort of looked like the main men. Uh, I would identify their key reasons uh, for 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 this top of the league spell is obviously number one they've maintained that mean defence, as you mentioned there, fourteen goals conceded. It's it's a you know they they were miserly last season in terms of goals conceded, and they've kept that going. I mean, 14 goals conceded in 26 games is half the amount of goals conceded by Malmo. It's Eurogard uh, and Hammerby have conceded more than double that amount of goals. You know, these are their nearest contenders, really, in terms of in terms of the title race, more or less. Um, you know, that miserly figure. And if, if you actually look at this from a wider perspective, Steve, Manchester United um, have actually conceded more goals in nine games in the Premier League than AIK have in 26 games uh, this season. Which is yeah, really, I mean, it's incredible to be honest when you think about it from that point of view. Um, so re they really have improved the defence. Yeah, well, so they've kept that defensive solidity. Number two is they have a significant improvement in their attack. Um, if you remember last season, uh, listeners as well may remember, several pods we complained about AIK saying they just can't score goals, they don't get enough goals, etc. They showed a remarkable improvement last year towards the end of the season. Uh, I remember one game I was at when they beat Hacken 6-1. But uh, this season, they've really continued that. And um, the likes of Henrik Goitem have really stepped up in, in the goal rate. rate. You know, they, they've scored a lot more this season and done very well in that sense. And that has really just added the cream, you know, to the crop of their, of their miserly defence, you know, with 46 goals scored. And the other final thing I would pinpoint, 
um, which we can discuss as well. Maybe just other teams, I think, have just slightly dropped off this season a little bit. Um, if you look at Malmo, they had their early season problems leading to the sacking of their manager at the time, uh, who's been replaced by Uwe Rosler. They've turned it around since and been a bit better, but you know that 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 hindered them at the start of the season. Then Hammerby flew flew into the lead. Everybody thought they might be the ones to win the league, but they've just slipped away a bit themselves. And they their key players haven't really maintained the form that was maybe expected of them throughout the campaign. And the teams like Eurogarden as well, you know, um, maybe Hacken, you could say I wouldn't say they're a contender, but teams like Eurogarden, maybe No Shopping, just haven't been able to maintain the consistency of AIK really. So. Yeah, it's looking good for them. Yeah, I do notice the next two fixtures against Malmo and uh, Ossesons, which, uh, I mean, there are no mugs either, either of those teams, so it might not be completely over yet, but uh, you would think to blow a six-point lead um, with uh, four games left and with a better goal difference, uh, I think it's about a ten better goal difference right now, something like that, uh, it would take a hell of a collapse, wouldn't it? So, you know, at the moment, we have to really praise... AIK quite a lot and uh, you know well done to them uh, just before you know Hammerby they were going so well early in the season uh, what what's cost them um, because it looked at one point like they were the ones that were going to be heading towards the title well I think it's maybe a little bit of inexperience you could call it I think AIK have a much better squad depth overall um, AIK have actually recruited and invested quite heavily in the last sort of two three transfer windows they've brought several players in um and they've just increased, you know, their squad has just improved, you know, as as, as they've gone along in the, in the last few transfer windows. No, sorry, Hammerby, they flew into the into the lead, but you know, they they've just slipped, you know, since um, perhaps the summer, you know, and they, they've they, they, they've 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 dropped, dropped points in in important games, lost to Eurogarden. Um, I think the key game really for them in terms of in September was. They lost to Hammerby in a massive game there, which was really a sort of three, three, you know, six pointer as they call it. Lost that game one 0 when they really they could have actually won that game, I think, um, but just didn't quite have that know, know how how to do it. And then they lost at home to Elsborg as well in the next game. And I just think the momentum they haven't been able to to maintain it. I would say that part of the reason for this is just like I say, squad depth. <clears throat> I don't think the likes of Will um, Martankovic, Yilowan Hamad, uh, their key players, although they've been really good and had quite good seasons. They haven't at key times maybe just carried them when when they needed to. And I think that, you know, along with the defence as well, I think their defence is slightly weak um, for a title-winning team. I think Bjorn Paulsen is an outstanding de defender uh, for that level. But uh, there are the other players in defence. I think they've just not quite maybe been solid enough. And, you know, when you look at, compare that to ARK with, you know, 14 goals conceded compared to um, Hammerby have conceded 30, you know, I think that's the difference. So below this um, AIK battle um, with the title with Hammerby for most of the year, I mean, who else has caught your eye in a pleasant, in a pleasant way? Yeah, it's been an entertaining campaign. I mean, if you look at the teams, I think there's been some really entertaining football play this season, actually. And um, I would pinpoint Bicko Hacken. Uh, I would say Ostersons have always a bit, always good value for a, for an entertaining game. Gif Sundsvall as well. I've been going on about them. I think they've been fantastic to watch the season. I've really, really enjoyed their their style of play. They've got that Spanish influence. Um, Linus Hellenius has been in the form of his life. Uh, they had obviously Romain Gaul, who's gone to Malmo now and done brilliantly. Malmo have obviously picked up in the last since Rosler came in. They've really picked up, I think. But it's just too late for them to mount a title challenge. They were dreadful in the opening part of the season. 
Uh, North Shopping have been been good, but they're not very, you know, they're not the most high scoring of teams. But, uh, you know, Gibsonsville have actually scored more goals than North Shopping. Um, but they, they're still good value, North Shopping, to watch at times. They're, they've, they've got a functional team. They know what they're doing. Well drilled. Um, but yeah, I'd say Hacken, Ostersons, Gibsonsville and ARK, of course, at, at times they're, they're very, very good to watch when they're on form. Now, in terms of uh, goals this season, um, the Golden Boot Racers, Paul Paulinho at uh, Hacken, 19 goals he scored, which is, uh, for me, at this in a league like this, quite staggering. Um, what have you got to say about him this season? Yeah, in terms of the title race, I mean, uh, sorry, in terms of um, in terms of Paulinho, yeah, I mean, today's game that I was watching actually was Hacken Ostersons, and they pulled out a, a fairly simple, straightforward 2 0 win in the end. Uh, which is a good result against Ostersons, who, who um, have been doing quite well under Ian Birchnell. They hadn't scored two fantastic goals from Paulinho, really. He's just on fire at the moment. 19 goals this season. Um, he's the league's top scorer. He's closing in on the all-time record, actually, for Hacken. Um, but to become their all-time top goal scorer, I believe he's now on 85 goals uh, in total for them. And he's, he's just been in sensational form all, all year. His second goal, he just plucked it out of uh, 25 yards out and just smashed it into the top corner. And just an absolute bullet from the Brazilian, and at 32, he's really in in really good form. And actually, I I think there's an argument to be made that he's one of the arguably one of the best players in the Osvenskan over the last sort of five years or so. Um, really, he's made it. He's made a consistent impact for several years. His form dip maybe last year wasn't as good, but uh, he's shown his class this year with with his you know 19 goal haul. Uh, been been fantastic really, and um. In fact, I read today that there's been rumours of him going to the Middle East. There's been some bids, apparently. Um, Sonny Carlson has said that he's turned down a few bids from the Middle East for him. Um, but at 32, you never know. Could be on his way at the end of the season. So enjoy him while you can, really, Hacking fans. And I think they are, really, with five goals, as, uh, sorry, five assists as well as 19 goals. He's been superb. Yeah, I think you've got to say fair play there, um, you know. For 19 goals and counting, you know, if he was to get close to, say, 25 goal mark, it would be a staggering return, wouldn't it? But um, what about you know, uh, in Norway? How's um, how things were looking in in the Golden Boot race? Has there been any surprises, or is Lord Bentner the man these days? Well, I said I had to mention um, Frank Bolly um, at Starbeck, who's uh, score. He now leads the Golden Boot race after scoring today. Fifteen goals. He's uh, he's netted, but the majority of them have been in the second half of the season. I'm not exactly sure um, of the uh, uh, statistic here, but uh, ever since he got moved uh, into a, a central striking role, that is where the majority of his goals have come from. He's just been on fire. Um, I mean, this is a, for those who are not familiar with him, he's a very fast technical player, um, strong as well, um, good on the ball, good in the air. And he's got a presence about him. Um, you know, you, you'd watch him play and you think, yeah, he's probably a bit, he, you know, he's probably a bit too good for sort of a team like Starbeck. And um, I think what's happened is he just gained a bit more consistency, you know, put him in a better position and um, he's delivered the goods. You know, he's really caught my eye um, in this certainly second half of the season, but it might not be enough because Starbeck could get relegated. So um, how, how is it that he's, I mean, he's got 15 goals and Starbeck's total for the whole season is 31. I mean, how is it that that low have been able to sort of attract him? Was it just good scouting or, you know, um, did the big boys maybe miss a trick there? I think it's just during the season, he's um, the coach has done a really good job with him. Um, it's pretty obvious just switching someone out from out wide to, you know, to in the middle. 
has made a vast difference to the player. And, you know, he's 24 years old. Um, he's at the time of his career where players can improve readily, quickly within the right environment. And um, I would say for Starbuck, that's that's the key. If some people might ask, is this a flash in the pan or not? Um, and I would say it's probably not. I think he can kick on from this either in, in Norway or, or another league eventually uh, out there. But the interesting thing is the player who, who's now not been scoring goals is his is strike partner, Ui Omoi Wanfoy, who um, we've talked about on this podcast a few times before. His goals have dried up. Um, you know, he's had to play sort of more of a, a deep line playmaker role up front. If you, if you know, he's been creating goals, but he hasn't been scoring them. So I think that's the, the downside for the rest of the team. Bolly's been hitting the back of a net, but nobody else can anymore. And that's ultimately probably costing them. Would you say that, uh, I mean, in fact, I do remember you last season sort of saying that maybe uh, Oyama Wanfo was a bit overrated compared to how he was doing last season, maybe slightly overvalued. Do you feel vindicated in that in that, in that in that judgment based on how it's gone this season for him? Yeah, I was always right about him. Uh, <laughs> I always believed that, and I've I stuck with my guns all the way through it. Uh, I respect the player, uh, but I always thought it was just a real purple patch for him. You know, maybe it proves he's a confident sort of player who can get that back at some point again. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't surprise me. Um, but it just speaks speaks volumes that he's actually still in Norway. I mean, the amount of times he was linked with a move away from, from the country, and yet he's still there and it's Starbeck. So that just tells you something, doesn't it? Um, he maybe perhaps could do with a change of environment now himself. He certainly, you'd expect him to move on if they do get relegated. But, uh, you know, at the moment, he can't seem to find a goal for love and the money. Yeah, looking at the goals there, he's, he's got six for the season, which isn't isn't terrible, but maybe not as, um, you know, <clears throat> as much as the bright lights that were talking about him uh, last season let's move on to a team that you wanted to talk about uh, this week which is Strom's Godset who have been plummeting down the league like a you know, sack of spuds haven't they um what's going on there Steve <clears throat> well it's, I mean, it's it's staggering I mean uh, if you remember in the pre-season podcast I predicted them as the the potential title challenger to uh to Rosenborg I would say you know I said if if any team is to um it's the challenge maybe them and they're completely flopped um, it's incredible. I mean, on paper, this is still a squad which should be a top five team, in my opinion. Um, there was a really interesting article going around um, that Cronoball uh, were tweeting out, and I retweeted it a few times. It was a really good read into a statistical analysis about what's been going wrong for them. And, you know, in terms of expected goals, you know, scored and conceded, you know, there's um, they shouldn't be in the position. They've done enough to be at least mid-table in, in that respect. But I think the pinpoint thing is that they conceded way too many big chances. Um, they, they shoot from the wrong positions. That's just a snapshot, really. For me, the big problem is is, is, is coaching. I mean, they obviously have uh, sat their coach halfway through the season. Um, tactics haven't been right. It hasn't suited their players that they've got. And I don't think the manager is now getting the most out of his talented talented uh, group in all areas of the field and confidence is now rock bottom. They would have been inside the uh, automatic relegation places if Starbeck had won tonight. And um, yeah, at the moment, they're in that the playoff position. Uh, but it's a precarious place for Strom's good set to be because teams around them have all been winning. And, uh, you know, four games to go. It doesn't matter how good you are on paper, does it? If you can't 
if, if you're in that position, anyone is vulnerable, if you ask me. But it is, it is staggering, you know, if, when you look at the squad they've got on paper. Well, yeah, they've they've lost again this weekend, haven't they, to um, Sandefjord as well. And, I mean, just looking at their, their squad overall, I mean, Marcus Pedersen is actually the second top goal scorer in the league. So, I mean, where would they be without his goals? Well, a lot of Pedersen's form was in the first half of the season, really. I mean, his goals have somewhat dried up a bit. I mean, he's a top quality player, one of the best strikers in the whole league. If he's given the right service, he isn't. He, that always hasn't been the case. Um, I can't remember him missing too many big chances. So I think the problem is that they haven't been getting the ball to him enough or in the right spots. But obviously, yeah, if he hadn't have, if he hadn't have been in such great form, you know, early in the season, then um, you know they would have been in, in a real mess in total. Um, Again, it's a similar problem, perhaps, to, to Starbeck. You know, one man's been getting them the goals and, uh, you know, the reliance on him. And perhaps a couple of others up there, like Anderson and, uh, and Guen. But overall, yeah, it's um, it's really interesting because they've not got many easy fixtures left. Um, you know, John, it's they're in they're in a, they're in an absolute mess. In a sort of a brief sentence to sum up some drums goes to the season, then do you think they'll go down or have they got just about enough to to stay up? Oh, I tell you what, I would not be putting any any money on them surviving. I mean, the next three games, they've got Valerenga at home, they've got Bran away, and then Lillestrøm at home. Neither of those are a piece of cake at all. Um, so <laughs> they've got to, they've got to raise their game. They, I mean, and, and sometimes teams do in this position, don't they? When they suddenly realise shit, we could go down finally the potential and, and quality shines through, doesn't it? So uh, yeah, I'm just looking at towards the last game of the season actually, they've got Starbeck away. Uh, who yeah. one point one place below them. So that's gonna be one to tune into it looks like maybe yeah. I mean, say that match that match could easily be, you know, determine who finishes third bottom at this rate. I just don't see many easy points for them because at this stage of a year you want to be facing teams who are in the you know nothing to play for them. They've got teams that are fighting for their lives and everything. So yeah. Uh, will they go down? I, look, I don't know. I generally don't know, John. It's incredible. Yeah, that's um, very, very interesting. And yeah, I mean, if you look actually across across uh, back to Sweden, the relegation battle there, there's another bit of a giant up there in that, in that relegation battle too. Uh, EFK Jotterberg, which uh, is a subject we want to touch upon this week, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, I mean, it's been a shockingly poor season for them, hasn't it? I mean, uh, they've got a gap to, um, to Dalkurd, five-point gap, but realistically in any normal year they would be right in the mix of it wouldn't they it just seems the three teams below them are so poor right now but what's been going wrong at uh ifk well this has been coming actually for for, for a while uh, i remember when we last season we started doing teams in crisis and we were doing sorts of a uh every week we did a team in focus didn't we and we were looking at teams and i always did say there were problems at ifk and i thought there were things bubbling under the surfaces that we didn't really quite touch on Maybe now it's the time to touch on it, but to be honest, you know the the um, the cat is out of the bag. Really, everything's blown up uh, at EF Core. The um, sporting director, the chief chief executive, uh, Matt Gren, who's taken a lot of criticism over the years, he finally was sacked. Um, there was an absolutely crazy situation where it was reported um, that Poya Espargi was going to be be sacked as manager. Uh, he's the youngest coach in the league. For those who aren't aware, he's done a not the best of jobs this season, but I, I think he's under difficult circumstances, to be honest. I, I don't think he can take the entire blame for their situation um, due to the problems that have been around the EFCO for one to two years now, at least. 
and uh, it came out he was going to be sacked. And then literally the next day it came out that actually he wasn't going to be sacked. The club released a statement saying he wasn't going to be sacked. And in fact, um, Max Gren has left instead and won't be coming back. And it was really just, you know, it, the power struggles maybe that has been going on at EF Core for the last, you know, one to two years, if not longer. It really is extraordinary, to be honest. Um, they then announced that they brought back, uh, well, they've brought a play, uh, one of their youth coaches behind the scenes has been stepped up now to a more important role at the club. They brought back two former players uh, who will work behind the scenes as well. But it hasn't really dulled their problems. Um, they are really in big trouble. They've conceded 45 goals this season. The squad just seems to be a mess. They, they've bought players that we've talked about who then don't get a game, who then just sit on the bench. Inga Brixen is a good example of that, who you really rated. And this time tomorrow, they'll be playing uh, against Bromma Poikana. Now, that is 15th against 13th. And if Bromma win that game, there's a five-point gap at the moment, but that would be two points. And... EF Core would be closing on maybe third or second bottom. Now, for EF Core to be relegated would be a huge story. Uh, and it isn't massively out of the question, to be honest. I mean, they 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 weren't good last season and they they, they were towards the end bottom of the table, um, the bottom reaches of the table. But this is probably more of a problem than than last season. Um, I don't think they can go down, but to be well, honest, couldn't get much worse. Let's talk about this match tomorrow because I mean, it looks the way to me. If they avoid defeat in this game, um, it might even be enough to see them safe. I mean, for that to, you know, if they got a draw, then Dalker and Bromer Poikin have got to pick up at least six points each, which, you know, they probably aren't going to be able to do that, aren't they? But if they lose this game, they are in trouble. So, yeah. I mean, do you see them losing it? Well, this is the thing. I mean, the thing with EF Core is, I remember last season when we uh, talked about, they were in a similar situation last season when they, they played AFC Eskilstuna and they lost and it put them into a bit of a mire. And, the thing with them is they are in terrible form right now. I'll read you their last run of games, okay? They played Elsborg 2-2. That was a draw. Then they played Hacken in the derby. That was 4-1. Hacken absolutely battered them. Don't forget Hacken beat them 4-0 last year in the derby as well. So the Kings of Gothenburg right now are definitely not EF Core. They then lost 2-0 at home to AIK. They then lost 3-0 away to Hammerby. And then in the Trellable game in the last match, it was just quite incredible. They they were losing 2-1 with 10 minutes to go. They relied on a hundred minute uh, an equaliser in the 100th minute just to get a point against at home to Trellable, who were comfortably, for me, the worst team in the league, maybe, along with Dalkurd. So this EF core team is not it by any means um, in good form whatsoever. They, their last win was in August uh, against Ostersunds. So the, the idea that Bromer Poikina could, could take something from them is not out of the question for me. I really don't think it's out of the question. And if Bromma Poy can beat them, they've then got Gisunsfeld, they've then got Jurgarden away, Malmo at home, Ordeborough away. So as crises go, this is, you know, this is precarious and they're, they're, they're dicing with death at the moment at EFCOR. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's a massive game for Bromma Poy I mean, for, for getting, um, you know, whether or not they can finish above uh, IFK, they need to try and finish ahead of Dalkard at least to get themselves in the in the playoff match. So, well worth uh, tuning in, really. It's going to be... Um, I mean, I always have a theory when these in these sort of matches when two poor teams play each other, then the goals can flow a bit. But, um, you know, going to be uh, a really interesting one. In terms of the rest of the relegation battle, I mean, has it been a case of Trelleborg to just simply not good enough for this level? Dalkurd, I mean, they've lost so many games. It's been a poor showing, hasn't it, at the bottom of the table? Yeah, and, and just to, on your point there about Brummapoikana, just quickly before we uh, touch on your question... They played uh, Hammerby recently in the last game, and uh, I actually felt they did quite well. They were winning. Um, 
twice they led, 1-0 and 2-1, but uh, they just couldn't quite hang on. And in the end, um, Hammerby had too much for them. But Hammerby are a significantly better side than EFK. So Bromer Poikin are definitely under their new management. and They have a chance there. Um, and I don't think it's going to be that easy for EFK. They've got a real battle on their hands. In terms of the relegation battle in general, I think Bromer Poikin are having that new manager. We never actually spoke about this on previous pods, but uh, their manager was sacked for all kinds of problems. He uh, he was accused of racially abusing a 16-year-old player. He was uh, accused of calling the team, the entire team a bunch of pussies. Apparently, he had a, uh, a chart on his leaderboard, Lewis Pimenta, saying uh, he, rank, he used to rank the players, apparently, by order of who's a man and who is not a man. <laughs> so this is literally pinned up on the dressing room. So every week, it's almost like a, a league table. He would change the, the ratings of the players, the players he respects and the ones he doesn't respect, which is quite frankly an out, outlandish style of management. Um, didn't quite work and he's obviously gone now, but um, Brother Poikina, you know, their second bottom. Um, Trelleborg are pretty much gone. They've got 14 points, the six points behind. It's four games to go. I can't see them getting out of it. And uh, in fact, they're 11 points behind safety. Um, so the best they can hope for really is uh, is the relegation playoff. Uh, it's really between sort of Dalkurd, Bruno Poikina, and EFK Jotobog, I would say. Sirius have got a, a still a bit of a battle on their hands, but they've had a good win uh, today at Trelleborg, a late winner, 2-1. Um, Elsborg maybe, but I can't see them getting sucked in really with four games left. So really, yeah, you're looking at Sirius, EFK, Dalkurd, Bruno Poikina, and Trelleborg. Two of them are going. Um, and it's just take your pick, really, in terms of how form how the form table goes. Yeah, I mean, obviously the result of this match on tomorrow is going to be big, but it looks to me at this point like it's between Dalka and Roma Poikina for this relegation playoff match, basically. Um, Trelleborgs are, I think, are gone near enough already, not mathematically, but um, they, they really do seem a poor outfit. But uh, um, Okay, well, in terms of next week, um, in terms of matches... We do have that game between AIK and uh, Malmo. How do you see that going? Big game, big game that. Very big game. Um, it would be a great one to go to, actually. But uh, I think Malmo are in good form. So they're not to be written off. And don't forget, this is still their title, technically. Their fans will, will claim this as their title. And um, AIK, don't forget, they haven't won the league since 2009. So... There's a bit of pressure now, you know, they, they have to get the job done and fin- finish finish off their work. Malmo, I've been quite impressed with them under Uwe Rosler. They've picked up quite well. Um, they, they beat Hammerby 2-1 uh, this weekend. I think going away to AIK will be, will be a tough battle, but um, the likes of Romain Gaul, who's been a really good signing, uh, Rosenberg, Antonsen, they're in good form, so I think it's going to be a tough a tough one for yeah, okay. And I think the most important thing really there is can they keep their heads? Um, can they keep their cool? Christopher Olsen had a bit of an injury scare, but apparently he said today that he should make it. Um, it's going to be a real test of character for them, I think. And if they lose it and no shopping win and the gap goes to three points, then who knows? No shopping are against Ostersons, so uh, that's another interesting game there. But uh, I mean, will, will AIK see this game as a point being a good result, would you think, or not? No, I think they need to finish the job. Mm. Quicker the better, really, in my opinion. Um, yeah, we, we, we're three Keep games. Six-point lead. Say that again, sorry? Keep that six-point advantage. Yeah, definitely. You, you don't want to be losing too many more points, do you? I mean, they've dropped two today. Yeah. Uh, and then, like you say, they then travel to Ostersons. 
um, which is by no means going to be easy for them. And then they've got Gibson's foul at home. So you don't want to be dropping points at this stage of the season. It's really about nerve now, isn't it? It's about sort of cool heads and getting the job done. Yeah, I think that's exactly... I mean, I'm going to go move on to the big game in Norway at the weekend as well, uh, Brann against Rosenborg. And, uh, you know, this really is a, a titanic clash where... And Brann, for me, have the edge going into this game, John, because um, Rosenborg are playing on Thursday night in, in Salzburg in the Europa League. And um, we do know... I mean, I don't know if you're a, a fan of the, you know, the Europa League having a massive effect on league form uh, theory or not. But, uh, I mean, for me, it's a factor to consider. Indeed, yeah. And how, how are the teams actually doing in the um, Europa League? I've, I've seen some good results. Yes, yeah, Sarpsborg had a, had a magnificent win um, in their uh, in their group. I think they're in the same group as, um, I forget, Malmo. They're in the same group as Malmo. Malmo, uh, they're playing each other, actually, this week um, on Thursday night, I think. Uh, Europa League uh, double header there between those two. Uh, both been doing really well. Uh, Rosenborg have been found out a little bit. Lost to Celtic, lost to um, Red Bull, um, Leipzig, and you know, really tough group. I mean, they will do well to get any sort of points out of that group, to be honest with you, John. But you, it's, it's an absolutely impossible ask if you ask me. But you know, they've been they've held their high, heads up high. All the representatives. Of in Europe this year have held their heads up high, really, in Norway, apart from um, Lillestrøm, who got knocked out very early. But I think, you know, there's been plenty of credibility to be taken out of it. Yeah, that's quite interesting. And I mean, in terms of your question about how does it impact, I think it has a, a big impact. Um, I think Malmo have been fortunate in the sense that they haven't, they're not really in the title race this year. So I think that's actually reflected in their slightly more relaxed approach to Europe, um, which has paid off. I mean, at the moment, it's a very open group. In Europe, every team in that table, in that league, including Salzburg, has three points uh, with Genk and Besiktas. But uh, yeah, they don't really have that title pressure at the moment, so it can you know it doesn't really affect them. But um, like you say, you know I think it does have an effect being in, in those positions. Um, and, and often a lot of teams in Scandinavia don't have the, the squad to kind of you know fight on both fronts, do they? It's a bit like Burnley um, in the Premier League. You know they don't don't really have the ability to do both, so it's one or the other, um, I believe. But you. you, you you mentioned Rose Rosenborg there, and I just wanted to ask you that before we before we wrap up. Um, you know, looking at the table, in fact, we, we talked about the title race in in Sweden. Do you do you have any sort of a uh, horse in that in that battle? It looks like it's two way now, as you've mentioned. Uh, Molder are five points behind Brann in, in third. What well, Rosenborg, I, I think I actually would think Brann can win the game on Sunday. Um, don't I so say I really could see Rosenborg being a bit tired. Even if they rest players in the Europa League, it's the travelling, isn't it? The you know, preparing and the mentality. Brand beat Rosenborg earlier in the season 2-1, so it's not like they're going to fear them. They've generally played a reasonably good game against them in recent years, so they're not going to be afraid. Uh, I mean, I think Brand they can win that game. I don't. I think that's not I'm not saying it's the easy part for Brand. Um, but for me, the harder part for them would be then winning the last three games. That they've been they've dropped too many points against poor teams this year in, in the second half of the year and for me that would be their challenge so in, in a way the pressure's off them in this game I mean there might be expectations and hope they can beat Rosenborg and go to the top of the table but if Rosenborg would get the win it wouldn't be a shock would it so for me I think this is the easy part for them the hard part then would be securing the crown and um, you know we all know Rosenborg got the history of doing that before so you'd have to give them the edge 
still have to give them the edge at this point. Yeah, and actually, um, in Brand's 110-year history, it's their 110th year anniversary um, of the founding of Escape Brand. They've only won the title three times. So um, the last time was 2007. So this is, you know, for the fans and everything, this is actually a high-pressure kind of, this is a real battle title bout for them. And, uh, yeah, going to be a huge game, that really, isn't it? So looking forward to that one. Um, I think we're probably going to wrap it up there, aren't we, Steve? I mean, we've covered most yeah, of it. I mean, I will just say one, if Mulder were closer to the, say they were three or four points closer, I would say Mulder could win the title because they're probably in the best form out of a lot of them. But it's seven points, it's just too much to make up. Yeah, I mean, interestingly there and Mulder, before we wrap up, I, I actually took them to win the title um, during the uh, summer break. But uh, yeah, it looks like I'm going to fall short on that one. Well, what cost them? They had a period in this when they're in the Europa League qualifiers in um, in July, August time, and they had a bad run of league form then. And that's what cost them. If they hadn't have had that, they'd be right in the mixer now. But yeah, I think that really much covers everything in this episode. Um, plenty to look forward to in the next uh, week or two. Some big games coming up that will be definitive in, in the respective leagues and uh, I was keeping my eye out for them, mate. When is that Brand Sortsball game? Uh, Brand Rosenborg game? That is next Sunday night at 7 o'clock UK time. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. It's great stuff, Steve. Championship decider. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Good to see you again. Very good. Well, uh, we'll see you again soon. Take care. <laughs>